Hi, it's Jill Schlesinger, host of the Better Off Podcast. And today, in honor of Giving Tuesday, we've got a special guest, Michael Thatcher, the CEO of Charity Navigator. What do I care about? Do I care about raising awareness? Do I care about patient care? Do I care about family care for the support group of the cancer patient? Do I care about research? Getting to that level of specificity, it'll reduce your number of choices. Welcome to the Better Off Podcast. We're sponsored by Betterment, the largest independent online financial advisor. Today, in honor of Giving Tuesday, we've got something special. It's not a bonus call. It's a fantastic interview with Michael Thatcher. He is the CEO of Charity Navigator. Now, Charity Navigator, you may have heard about this. It is the nation's leading platform for helping donors make smart choices with their charitable donations. As we'll hear from Michael, the key to this process is all about providing information on charities, their impact, and their finances so you can use your money in a way that maximizes the impact of your gift. So without further ado, our interview with Charity Navigator CEO, Michael Thatcher. You're listening to Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. Okay, we are getting into the giving season, which is so good because we have an expert here. Michael Thatcher is the CEO of Charity Navigator. Welcome to Better Off, Michael. Delighted to be here. Thank you. All right, we start every show with um, something that probably is somewhat beneath you for your philanthropic soul. But Mm -hmm. what's the best money or career decision you've ever made? I think the best career decision I ever made was coming to Charity Navigator. Really? Absolutely. And where were you previously? Prior to Charity Navigator, I was a chief technology officer for Microsoft overseas in Asia. And so coming to Charity Navigator, needless to say, was a huge shift. But my ability to make a difference in the world has been transformed through the through what Charity Navigator does and the potential for what we can do. That's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about Charity Navigator. I am very familiar with it. Uh, the way I think of Charity Navigator is it does all the homework on charities that I don't want to do. But now you'll you'll elaborate on that. I, it's a great way to to look at it. And I was just talking before in that we take the IRS tax forms, the 990 tax form, which is generally about an 80-page document when it's submitted by a larger organization. And we put that into a single web page so that people can look at how much money is going to different things, how are they run. So we look at, right now we're looking at the financial health of the organization. We're looking at the accountability and the transparency of the organization. Do they have an independent board of directors? Do they have a privacy policy? Things like that. Do you also look at how much of the money that is given goes to supporting that overhead? Because for a while, we were very concerned. When I was a financial advisor, many of my clients would say, well, I just don't want to give money to Joe Schmo Charity if I find out that all the money is basically paying the executive director's salary. Great point. Yes. So when you look at the financials, we, we look at seven different financial metrics in that how much money is going to program expense, how much is going to fundraising. How efficient are they at fundraising? And also, how much is going to administrative costs? Caution on overhead, because it's become a bit of a lightning rod and an oversimplification. Spending money often leads to doing better things. And so one shouldn't set hard and fast rules about overhead ratios. 
The other thing is that overhead ratios are going to be very different depending on the type of organization. So you always have to compare apples to apples. You really do. In this age of, let's say, internet insecurity, where people get uh, solicited, it's certainly the time of year they're going to, it's going to ratchet up. I noticed that the fraudsters are quite keen. What Mm. they'll do is they'll take the name of a charity and change it slightly. You know, you think it's the American Red Cross and it's the American Red Cross and there's an extra S on it or something weird like that. Mm. So when people get some sort of solicitation, they should immediately go to Charity Navigator to find out is this actually a legit charity, right? Absolutely. And I think one, one of the things to think about is you are, you're going to receive countless solicitations. You get that in, in your everyday life. If you are thinking philanthropically and you're starting to think about giving, then build a plan. So preempt the solicitation. If you care about animals, then figure out what's the best animal charity. At Charity Navigator, we'll help you sort of weed that out and decide, all right, which of the different shelters that I like, which one's doing a slightly better job, where do I want to put my money? Short answer is do your research and use the tools that are available to you. It's funny because if you're right, if you do the plan in advance, it also, I I have found, it gives me um, a little bit more hmm, ease of mind to be able to say no when someone else asks because you know, how many of my friends, I mean, I love all of you, but like, can you, every time someone's doing a bike ride for a cause, I yeah. feel like, really, I have to do this. And maybe I don't. Maybe it's, it's like, it's either, do I want to support this cause or not? Is it part of my over game plan? And maybe the way I should do it, which is probably a smarter way, say, you know what? I'm going to put X number of dollars to miscellaneous bike rides and, and uh, racing mm-hmm. that people are doing. Does that seem right? I think that's a good approach. I think the other thing is, and again, it depends on your, your, your means. But if you, your, your planned giving, give a larger amount. Save the smaller amounts for the the ad hoc, hey, can you support my run? Right. Because you, you're, you're going to want to do that every now and then. And so, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think that your priorities change uh, given yeah. what's going on in the world and how you're feeling, obviously. I want to talk a little bit about, um, I know we don't have tax reform yet, mm-hmm. but we have a separate plan from the House, a separate plan from the Senate, both of which would double, nearly double, the standard deduction. And there is some thought that perhaps that is going to hurt charitable giving because one of the reasons people may, not the only, but one reason people may give is that they're able to deduct that from their itemized deductions. So charitable deductions are staying in the plan on either side. But if you claim the standard deduction, you wouldn't claim that charitable deduction. That's correct. And I think there's there's a lot of uh, concern right now with the current drafts, particularly from within the charitable sector. Ultimately, removing friction in the process of giving is in the is in the best interest for the charitable sector. So anything that actually makes it easier for the money to get to the, the nonprofits for generosity is, um, this is going to sound funny, but generosity has been fairly constant in terms of percentage of GDP over the last number of years. Regardless of the tax implications. Regardless of tax implications. And one of the things that we look at and, and some of the large foundations are looking at is, why is that? Should generosity be capped? And what are the things that are impeding us from doing mm. that? Part of that is complexity. Part of that is trust. And I think things like the, the tax code, which give additional incentives, that can help. We're working on the trust piece as well through having the ratings and giving people the assurance that these are good organizations. So it's important to 
reduce complexity. And I think all of us, I don't see that there's any, any harm in supporting the charitable sector. When you look at the United States versus, say, um, other advanced democracies like European countries, U.S. citizens are more charitable. Is that correct? Generally? Generally. And and part of that is the institution of the charitable sector is much more robust. We have over 1.6 million charities in the United States. Wow. That seems like too many. It's, it's Can we consolidate lot. a little bit? Seems like we need a little consolidation there in that is, sector. It's, there's a lot of choice. But that's also like confounding in many ways, because then you start getting to this idea, well, there's 22 different breast cancer charities. Which one mm-hmm. is the one I should be giving to? So if, if I go to Charity Navigator, you're going to rank them. But will you tell me, for example, um, well, Susan G. Komen, they do walks and races and it's, it's public awareness versus Breast Cancer Research Foundation that's actually investing money in research. Do you draw those lines? What you're calling out is exactly what you should do as a donor. What do I care about? Do I care about raising awareness? Do I care about patient care? Do I care about family care for the support group of the cancer patient? Do I care about research? Do I care about changing policy with regard to how we treat diseases in this country? Getting to that level of specificity, it'll reduce your number of choices. You have said that um, generosity actually does not depend on the size of your wealth. In other words, people are quite generous up and down the income stream, aren't they? Statistically, lower income families give more than higher higher income. Yeah, you Just... rich people start giving more money. <laughs> That's so funny. How do you feel about the concept of grooming the donor class? Meaning this, I'm just going to give you a funny example. When I graduated from college 158 years ago, we were not a school that groomed donors. So mm-hmm. we're, I went to Brown. It's like the small endowment of the Ivies, right? And whereas my friends who went to Dartmouth were literally groomed from the day they walked in to start giving. Mm. And it seems to work. It works very well. So how can people groom their own kids or learn themselves the gift of philanthropy? One thing, a trend I'm seeing... And it's actually something where I don't know that we're doing a very good job of this, but, I, but I'd like to. And that is parents giving, allocating a certain amount of money to their children for them to give to charity. Mm. And so we've actually had parents contact us, say, we love your site because our kids can get through it and do their giving. We give them $50 a year for the end of the year. And they're using and they're starting that process. I think that's one way. The other thing, and this is something actually happens more in the higher wealth uh, circles, is that family philanthropy is something that the family gets together about. They may have a family foundation, and they're going to plan their giving. That means it's just it's in your DNA. So I think part of it is make it part of your everyday life. And you're seeing that in some of the... Some of the hybridization of the sector, right, or the of, of the environment we're in, with the B corporations, mm. with the for-purpose um, at, attributes of things, and so I think people are much more conscious of it, and it's becoming more mainstream. This is better off with Jill Schlesinger. We'll get back to our interview with Michael Thatcher, the CEO of Charity Navigator, in just a second. But here we go. It is the beginning of charitable giving season. And 
isn't it cool that our sponsor is now very much making it easy for you to give? Betterment, the largest independent online financial advisor, has announced that its customers can donate shares directly from their accounts to charities. You just use the Betterment platform. It's an easy and tax-efficient way to give. All you need to do is indicate the amount and the charity, and Betterment does the rest. Betterment even shows customers their estimated tax savings from the donation. This new feature from Betterment is going live today. Today, my friends. Isn't that so fantastic? Just go to Betterment.com and you can learn more about how you can donate shares to various charities. That's Betterment.com. And now back to our interview with Michael Thatcher. Are you worried that a generation coming up of millennials that is born into a terrible recession, not making as much money, are you worried that they're not going to be as philanthropic? Actually, quite the contrary. So when I look at the demographic just through the web analytics of who comes to Charity Navigator, the large majority, it's about 35%, are people 65 and older. The second largest group, which is about 27%, are the 25 to 35 year olds. Really? So as far as I'm concerned, they're active. They may not have the same wealth, but they care. And they're, and they're also, what's really important is that they care about the impact of their donations. That's important. So how much should I care about that? Um, and uh, let me, uh, again, draw on my personal query here. My dear old alma mater wants me to give money. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to give enough money to make any difference. Then I'm not I'm not writing hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of checks to my alma mater. I have always felt a little bit more like if I have five thousand dollars to give, if I give it to a, a smaller organization, it's going to have a far larger impact on that organization than the five grand that goes to Brown. Should we weigh that in terms of the impact of how we give? I I don't have a good answer to that because. Part of that is you could take that $5,000 and break it up into $1,000 increments and make a difference in five different organizations. I think the key thing when you, when you build a relationship with an organization is stay the course. Mm. So if you've got $5,000 to give on an annual basis, build, build a relationship with the organizations you support so that they are actually seeing that over time. That is that is what makes a difference. One of the challenges is you give $5,000 to one organization one year. You go to another organization the next year. Charity Navigator is a, also a charity itself. So we count on the returning donors because that builds the continuity that allows us to grow in some kind of a meaningful way. Can I just get to your previous life in the technology world? Sure. Okay. So I was visiting the Bay Area some years ago, and I turned around and I'm like, Good God, there's not a lot of giving going on here to major arts institutions. Like, in, you know, you live in New York. I grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. And yes, they were robber barons. They were terrible people. But they endowed the arts, right? Yeah. Before the Gates Foundation, it seemed like there really wasn't a lot of giving going on around the tech culture. Now we've got Gates, so that's huge. Do you find that that sector in particular has not quite stepped up to the plate, say, in the way that finance has in New York? It's different, and I think what's interesting is the the point of focus. Technologists, um, and myself really being one, are looking at leverage and the, how do you how do you 
affect the greatest possible change with the least amount of effort. Mm -hmm. And so a lot, if you look at a lot of the focus of the Gates Foundation, the, the Zuckerbergs, it really is looking at social change. So it's less focused on the arts and it's more focused on, on social change and oftentimes where there is greatest need, which probably isn't going to be in our cities in the United States. It's going to be in, in far parts of the, of the world. You know, I'm conflicted about hearing that. I have to say, because, you know, I'm such a great believer in the arts. And then again, by the way, I just read that huge article <clears throat> in The New Yorker about the Sackler family, which is an amazing underwriter of the arts, also the maker of Oxycontin. So, <laughs> like, there is a, a sense where, like, it feels a tiny bit like blood money, but I guess that every organization has to take the money unless it really is tainted. I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. If you knew, if you're, an, if you're a charitable organization, you know, you may not say, oh, this guy is a uh, out there Nazi. I'm going to take his money. But if you think that someone has a lousy business practice, I imagine that's hard for a charity to make that decision to take the money. It's a it's a great question. I think I've there was a I don't remember exactly which organization it was, but there was a Christian uh, charity that actually refused a substantial endowment about a year ago because the donor was a declared atheist and they did not want to uh, to accept his money based on on that on that principle. So See, this just you know, shows you that, like, I have I have no soul because I'd be like, take the money, <laughs> convert them later. That would be bad. I, I have to say, just on the arts, I am one of the reasons I am where I am. Um, and this goes to your first question: What was maybe what was my first uh, and worst uh, decision career-wise? I was a I was a dancer and a musician. You were. What ways again? What in, Martha in, Graham? Martha Graham. What? And I was uh, not with the Graham Company, but I worked. That was the style. I had started a dance company with my wife, and we ran a dance company for ten years. Now I supported that through computer software programming. I am technically a failed artist. And Wait a minute. So, so I which have was a soft spot for the arts okay, in a really big way? Which one is the side <laughs> hustle? So it started that you said, okay, my side hustle is that I have to do tech to support my dance. And now, do you dance still? No, I don't. Would you teach me how to dance if we like, got off the air? Could you teach me how to do something fabulous? We can try. Oh my God, that's great! If only we had the video <laughs> in here right now. God. Darn it. Uh, how important is it for you to be building relationships with financial service companies like our sponsor, Betterment or a Fidelity? How important is it that those organizations are creating transparent platforms to help making uh, giving a lot easier? I think it's critical. And I think when when you look at um, when you look at Betterment and you look at Charity Navigator, each in my in my mind have a have a desire to democratize something, whether it's it's financial access to financial wealth and equities trading, access to being a philanthropist. We're trying to make information available to everyone at a, at a level that is accessible and they're not having to pay. We do this for free. We each have a focus on making better giving more efficient for everyone. CharityNavigator.org. Is yep. there an app? There is an app. Get there, on it. There is an app. There's an there's an iPhone app. There's a uh, an app for Android devices. We also have web enabled everything. So in other words, it's mobile friendly. So you can also just work natively on it. All right. So I'm going to download the Charity Navigator app yep. just for the heck of it. Sure. I'm going to play with it. What is the big to do on your list? You're looking at 2018. Give me a couple of the goals for Charity Navigator as you look ahead. Charity Navigator is looking at financial accountability and transparency metrics. 
what we want to do is get to effectiveness. So how do you know that the organization that you're giving money to is making a difference with that money? Not where's the money going, what's the money doing? We have something that is going to launch on Giving Tuesday, which is a partnership with other organizations where we're actually getting the results information that the charities have reported out in front of our donors. And so they can actually see what an organization has done. That's one piece. So it's the depth of the ratings. The other is breadth. We rate 9,000 organizations right now. We'd like to rate 10 times that many. And Can you? We, absolutely. Just with technology? With technology. Really, then no wonder they hired a tech guy. This is very smart. I understand yep. it all very <laughs> well now. Okay. Now, before we let you go, I said, what was the best decision you made career-wise? You said taking this job. What was the worst career decision you made? I don't think I've made any bad career decisions. And let me tell you why. Because everyone has led to something else. Oh, that's so nice. That's like <laughs> saying I never had a bad relationship. But you know we all have. Everybody, yeah, that's true. Except, like I might say, yeah, it was great I got married. I, I learned a, a great second serve from my ex-husband. But bad that I made that decision. Do you know why I joined Microsoft? Why? Because they gave me a bus pass. Oh, a bus pass was all it was. You're and very that, cheap. That was, but that, from a decision-making perspective, that was probably the dumbest reason to join Microsoft. It worked out pretty well, right? It worked out incredibly well. So it you were there from when to when? 1999 to 2014. Very interesting years to be there. Yeah. So you were there right before the tech bottom fell out. Literally a, joined a year before everything went to pieces. Yep. Interesting. So you might be a contraindicator of various sectors. So we better watch out. Now, you're going to make the charity sector perfect. I'm very clear That's about my, that. Uh, I don't know about perfect, but we're, we want to give you the indication that it's moving in the right direction. More perfect. Yes. Thanks so much to Michael Thatcher. Go check out charitynavigator.org. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Jill on Money. That's at Jill on Money. Just use the hashtag better off. You can also reach me via email, askjill at betteroffpodcast.com. That's askjill at betteroffpodcast.com. And if you wouldn't mind, please leave us a review or a rating in iTunes. It really will help us out. Better Off is sponsored by Betterment. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Delercio produces. I'm Jill Schlesinger. See you next week.